Hi everyone, you're listening to episode 34 of the Cheerful Cynics with me, Pooj, and treasure hunter, Gaia. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast and you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. Also, if you'd like to get in contact or if you have any questions, you can email us at thecheerfulcynics at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at thecheerfulcynicspodcast. So, how's it going, Gaia? Yeah, good. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. I'm still alive, which is amazing. Congratulations. As always. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, although I'm pretty sure I had too many coffees today. So I can, I can feel it, I can feel it in my bones. Oh, I want to go for a jog. <laughs> you know, that sort of feeling. <laughs> but you know how I was trying to cut down on coffee? Yeah, you were actually. Yeah, I do remember you mentioning that on the podcast as well. I actually did. Yeah, that was a very brief phase. Mm. I was reading about a study in Hong Kong and they did a study on coffee and basically found out it's good for you. I swear it was bad for you before and now it's good for you. This stuff changes all the time. You know, it's like chocolate and, and red wine, you know, where they're like, oh, you shouldn't eat this stuff. You're going to die. You're going to get this cancer or that cancer. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, if you drink it, it prevents cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. 180 then. Yeah. OK. <laughs> it, it prevents, causes and cures cancer. Therefore, it's neutral. So what do I do? Do I drink it or not? Does this mean you're going to be drinking more coffee? Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I'm I'm going to try and ramp it up. Maybe have about 12 coffees in the, in the late Jesus. evening and see what happens, right? <laughs> so today wasn't enough. Today, you just need another 10. <laughs> just another 10, maybe 15, and then we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'll probably vibrate into another dimension. But oh. that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so what did these um, researchers actually find then? Just that it's good for you? Yeah, it's good for you. And the people that tended to drink coffee had a higher bone mass density. Okay. They're not non-coffee drinkers, so they're just you know stronger bones. So Big it bones. probably explains your weak ass bones, your old snappy, your, yeah. your old snappy bones, snappy wrists. My wrists Those are just like crunching wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear about these coffee experiments, I always think about that experiment of the coffee king, King Gustav the Third in Sweden. Really? Did you hear about that experiment? No, I didn't actually. What? What's? <gasps> who's he? It's so crazy. So bit of background. Coffee first arrived in Sweden in like 1600s, right? But it was one of those new things that people didn't really know much about. And it was just fashionable because it was expensive and it was just, you know. Ah, so like today's Balenciaga shoes. Yes, exactly. Although <laughs> you can't eat them or drink them. But it's essentially that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, these are so expensive. So expensive. <laughs> just shoes. So it was really rare nobody really understood coffee and all that stuff so there's actually a royal edict that restricted the consumption of tea and coffee and they charged people really high taxes and i think even at some point it was banned in sweden as well really it's banned yeah, yeah. Mean, that's so weird right i know because like sweden and scandinavia yeah, yeah. they love that stuff like, and they drink it black and strong and there's no messing around <laughs> like tar <laughs> yeah here is rocket fuel <laughs> yeah elon musk is buying this to power spacex <laughs> i wonder if it's because it was banned that they were like right now we're never letting go of this coffee <laughs> we are, yeah. we're all going to become addicts <laughs> we found the nectar of the gods <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this king i'm going to call him the coffee king from the now coffee on. King. it's easier like than that. saying king gustav the third every time <laughs> so this coffee king saw coffee as something that threatened public health and he actually ordered a human study on coffee. Oh, what happened? So it was basically, he found two, I don't know how, but he found two identical criminal twins who were sentenced to death to basically take part in this experiment because he thought they would just die. <laughs> what? So how do you get two identical twins being on death row? Like, <laughs> I, What are the chances? What did they do? <laughs> I, well, I'm guessing maybe 
one together. of them committed a crime and they don't know which one was which and like put them both in yeah yeah maybe and they're, they're on death row as well i mean come on put them, on put them both in and let god sort Jesus. them out i know but he was just so determined to prove that coffee was bad for you so he just picked these two criminal twins oh poor guys so what, what happened to them so kindly he said to them if they agree to be on the experiment then they're they would have life imprisonment instead of having the death penalty <laughs> You oh, know. lovely, <laughs> lovely. It's like, uh, what a choice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, there is no choice, right? Yeah, who could say no to that, Pooj? <laughs> the one twin was ordered to drink three pots of coffee a day and the other twin had to drink three pots of tea a day. Ooh. Yeah, so the experiment was actually really interesting and it was to see what the long-term effects are and essentially who would die first, the coffee drinker or the tea drinker. <laughs> oh, man, so they were alive because of this. Just purely yeah. just to drink tea and coffee. I mean, that's pretty good, right? It's quite lucky. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what prison conditions were back in the day in Sweden. <laughs> no biscuits. At least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no donuts, no biscuits. <laughs> but it was actually like quite ironic and really funny because these two twin brothers outlived the physicians who were actually running the experiment as well. <laughs> they outlived them. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> also, the Coffee King was assassinated in the late 1700s, so they outlived him too. He didn't actually oh, get wow. to see the end of the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you don't drink tea and coffee. You get assassinated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did they ever find out what happened? They just died and... Did anyone ever report on that? Maybe they're still alive. <laughs> no, yeah, they're still going. From still going. Way... <laughs> Just dried up drinking coffee constantly. So the tea drinker died when he was in his 80s, which is Ooh. pretty impressive for the time, right? 80s. That's pretty good, right? That's crazy. And then That's the old. coffee drinker outlived the tea drinker. So, <laughs> I mean, both are very good for you, I think. <laughs> wow. So I guess coffee isn't too bad. Yeah. How weird is that? Man? What a weird experiment. I know. It's really interesting, the results. And I guess back then all you could do was have human experiments, right? It's crazy, right? I mean, it's the scientists that are the real crazy people. They're like, I've got an idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, have you heard of a guy called Henning Brand? Henning Brand? No. Henning Brand. No. Um, it's probably one of the weirdest experiments I've ever come across. It's oh, so God. weird. Really? Why? So he was a German alchemist in the mid to late 1600s. And he wanted to try and turn something into gold and that something, something. was urine what yes wait <laughs> what the hell <laughs> so what yeah exactly right uh, so i don't really know what he was on maybe he thought you know what it's yellow or goldish yeah why not yeah i mean it's shiny and gold so <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try i guess right you won't know otherwise so for, for a bit of background uh, mm. at this time alchemists were at the time we're trying to create gold from anything so they're trying to find something called the philosopher's stone um which is you know basically turn things into gold you could be rich and then everyone's happy and and this is what all the other alchemists were trying to do as well so a lot of them were trying to use things like lead you know how people say oh turn a bar of lead into gold or whatever but that was not for him so he wasn't alone in this pursuit of gold exactly right so he was (laughs) focused on urine though Oh, so let's say that was his uh, fetish. <laughs> fetish? Bloody hell. Dinner party banter chat must have been great with him around. Is he just trying to collect them from people? 
His basement must have stank if he was doing these experiments in the basement. <laughs> right, I, just, I just imagine all these... Um, they go in the basement. Everywhere. Yeah, just all these uh, bathtubs that he's bought from anywhere and just kind of distilling <laughs> pee. Oh, God. <laughs> Bubbling away. Oh, that must have stank. Come on now. Oh, delicious. Yeah, so I think he, he went around to all his neighbours collecting their pee. You know, as, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> just... Knock knock! It's the pee man. <laughs> hey, kids, stay away from Henning. He's at it again. He's here to collect your pee. Run away! Just don't, don't make stay eye contact. Away from the urine, <laughs> Captain Urine. Oh my god! <laughs> How weird! Imagine having a neighbor like that. Just, <laughs> just waiting. He's just. Don't flash! <laughs> I'll be over in a minute. Oh fuck off! <laughs> fuck off, Henning! He just knocks on your front door, just trying to offer you water. Have a have a. <laughs> glass of water. Just I noticed you haven't gone in a while. I'll be waiting. <laughs> Such a oh. so straight. So wait, this was his job. He was paid for this, or who paid him for this? Well, that's a weird thing, right? So the sad thing is that he used so up all weird. of his first wife's money to do these experiments, and what? then she died. Um, what? I don't know how she died. Probably the smell uh, of urine killed her. Pretty, I don't know. Like, what, what inhaling fuck? all the pee fumes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he married a really wealthy woman, which is a smart move, I guess. Oh, and uh, literally pissed away her money as well. Goodbye. What? <laughs> he was uh, making his own money and he was just living off these women to play with pee, essentially. Yeah, I mean, when you say it that way. Oh, man. It's a bit weird. <laughs> I'd be furious. Use your own money, man. What the hell is this? Also... <laughs> How did he secure his second wife when she was like, so what do you do? Oh, well, I have that. Can you smell that? <laughs> yeah, I stink of piss. Do you not? <laughs> How did Hold he your secure breath, a darling, second cause... wife <laughs> when he's got no oh. money and he managed to secure the second one? <laughs> Obviously, we can't turn pee into gold. So this was a complete waste of his time, his, his life and his wife's money, right? <laughs> Yeah, his lives and his wives, as they wives, say. Wives, um, lives. Yeah. Strangely enough, not a complete waste of time. Oh, really? So, during the whole process, he accidentally discovered phosphorus. Oh. Um, which he managed to extract from all the pee. And then, <laughs> and as you know, phosphorus has that incredible glow when it burns in contact with air. Yeah, it's really bright. And then he tried to turn phosphorus into gold. Oh, man. So, that means he never paid back his wives then. He basically used up all their money. Everyone died and he was like, well, I've just played with piss my entire life. It's crazy. It's thanks to him we have phosphorus, I imagine. Although today it's like 2020, it sounds like a ridiculous experiment to us because we know so much about, you know, materials. But back then, you can't blame the guy. He tried. I mean, at least he tried. could have. He tried. Worked in a different, you know, world. (laughs) (laughs) In this, not this universe, maybe? Not this universe, maybe, but uh, fail. (laughs) Oh, dear. Speaking of fails, have you heard of the Stanford prison experiment? Oh, it's somewhat, yeah. But I can't remember the details. It was like a bunch of students or something. And it went wrong? Yeah. So in August 1971, a psychology professor, he's called Zimbardo, Philip Zimbardo, he led a research group that basically wanted to do a social psychology experiment to investigate psychological effects of perceived power between prisoners and prison officers. So the experiment was to use college students and group them into prisoners or wardens or, you know, prison officers and see what would happen. Oh, no. Yeah. That could be interesting, but that can't go well. So there were 24 students who agreed to participate. It was like a two-week experiment, I think. And they received 
the equivalent of like a hundred dollars a day that's not bad that is not bad hundred dollars a day as a student i'd be like yeah you want me to do what fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> i can turn that hundred dollars into gold yeah it's <laughs> tons of money but the problem is that the experiment was full of controversy and did not end well so it's quite like a well-known experiment to some people so that can't be good so how it worked was the group was randomly split in half. So you had 12 prisoners, 12 guards. Yeah. And the aim was to leave them alone for two weeks to see what would happen. But it became really unethical. And essentially scientists and psychologists found that the findings were unreliable. So it was like a waste of time, really. What? So how so? In terms of Zimbardo, they recorded bits of the experiment, which is really interesting. So you can find some of it online. He kind of egged the wardens on a bit. So there's a quote here that I've got, and and he basically said to these wardens, you can create in the prisoners feelings of boredom, a sense of fear to some degree. You can create a notion of arbitrariness in their life and that their life is totally controlled by us, by the system. They will have no privacy. We're going to take away their individuality in various ways. Generally, what this all leads to is a sense of powerlessness. So in the situation, he wanted the wards to have all the power and then the prisoners to have none what the hell yeah i mean this is that's not really an experiment that is actually he's doing that to these people yeah it's so fucked up <laughs> yeah, that's messed up and really unethical <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean ethics out of the window he's yeah putting people in prison yeah he basically right? told the guards to make these people's lives a living hell as well so they were like really horrible so they they didn't call the prisoners by their names they gave like a number they were really horrible. They like stripped them down and they put them in like solitary confinement. These are students. Oh, these poor students. Yeah. That's pretty rough, right? I cannot believe oh, this man. happened, honestly. So what happened from there then? So they, they take them in, they put everyone in prison and then guessing it went well. No, it went downhill pretty <laughs> rapidly, actually. So on the first night, the first night, Pooj, it was so bad that the prisoners staged a revolt. On the first night? first night that's how bad it was oh man to be pushed to that point in one day how fucking crazy must that place have been that's just incredible what what happened so after the first day so day one people get taken in they get put into prison (laughs) these guys try and break out could they leave well it was a bit complicated because they were told (laughs) that they had a right to leave yeah. But Zimbardo didn't really allow anyone to leave until the whole thing fell apart. I think he let he let one person leave, but then yeah, everyone else was basically literally prisoners for two weeks. That's proper prisoners, right? Yeah, that's insane. He got so absorbed in it as well, so because he thought that prisoners were trying to plan an escape, and he got so caught up in it, Pooj, that he ended up calling the police on his own experiment to settle the situation. What? It got so out of hand; they had to call the police. <laughs> Hello, police. My hostages are trying to get get free. Yeah. Um, can you come and put them back in their cages, please? How do you explain that to the police? Like, oh, yeah, I've got these students that I've uh, trapped. My hostages are trying to escape. What, what kind of phone call is that going to be? That's insane. The entire experiment's legitimacy was totally put into question, right? Because it was just so much psychological torture to these students. Also, it's really unethical, right? Yeah, right? That's the, the, the worst possible thing about this. So these guys are students, right? So imagine this whole thing finishes. How do you go to lectures after and sit next to a prison officer who basically called you all sorts of names and treated you like shit? Yeah, oh man. How do you go back to normal life? It's so unethical, right? Yeah, I know this is the 70s, so they probably didn't know much about PTSD, but they must have had PTSD after that. I mean, don't do it. 
if anyone's out there and they're thinking, I might sign up to a university, um, you know, little experiment. <laughs> I just need to kind of chain myself up and do something crazy. Don't do it. No. Yeah, well, actually, you can't do it anymore because of this experiment. Um, although it was a really ex- awful experiment, it actually led to more guidelines. So experiments around human studies now have to be approved by an ethics board or, or something of that equivalent, depending on your country. So you need to have a test that basically says, I'm doing this experiment and the benefit to science outweighs the possible risk for psychological or physical harm. Oh, wow. So you need to be a lot more responsible about these now. So you can't really sign up to one of these experiments anymore, I don't think. So is it like a Zimbardo committee? Is that what they call (laughs) it? That's what they should call it. Oh, that's weird, right? Maybe they should have had one back in the day. And that would have at least stopped that guy just playing with his urine all day long. Oh, God, yeah. What what was the benefit? Here's me just kind of in a bathtub full of urine, splashing around (laughs) with his little plastic boat. (laughs) Yeah, what? how was that good for society? Phosphorus. Who gives a crap about phosphorus? You smell like like, urine. He used up two women's fortunes to (laughs) to do this. (laughs) Maybe they should have put him in prison. Not not a fake prison. The real prison, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. And thank you so much for listening. And um, if you're enjoying the podcast and you're playing with your pee as we speak, please share with your friends. Oh my God, don't. Why would you? (laughs) Get in touch and tell us about the times you played with your urine. Don't email us that people. Please don't email us. <laughs> I can imagine us getting emails though. People going, oh, I've got a pee story. No. 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 They'll have to go by the Zimbardo committee. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at the Cheerful Cynics Podcast or get in touch by emailing us at the Cheerful Cynics at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Have a good week wherever you are. Bye. Bye. Bye.